Praise God, praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. I pray that you're having a blessed day so far and that you continue to have a blessed day as we uh, prepare for today's message. Um, This is a wonderful day, of course, as I always say. This is the day that the Lord has made. So therefore, let us rejoice and be also glad in it. Hallelujah. And so as we prepare to Go to praise and worship. Um, please understand also that the, re- the reason that we provide praise and worship music uh, is to try to provide to you, afford you with as much as possible uh, a real service experience. You know, during our regular church services, we always have praise and worship and then, of course, prayer. And then we go into the message of the day. So the whole intent here is to offer to you a, an opportunity to praise God as we would if we were um, already in a church. We were in a physical church building. Amen. So let's prepare to worship God as we listen to You Are My God by Don Moen. You Are My God by Don Moen. Praise God.
God. God, praise God. Yes, indeed, you are our God in the name of Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this day in the name of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, to thank you for all things, both great and small. We bow down before you and sing hallelujah praises to thy most glorious name, O Lord, because only you are worthy of our praise. Only you are worthy to be adored. So, Heavenly Father, as we prepare for this message today, we ask that you continue to be here with us, O Lord. Lord Jesus, walk amongst us. Touch us in your own special way. And Holy Spirit, let there be a fresh new anointing to every single listener within the sound of my voice here today. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, let your spirit just flow into every single room, into every single area where there are those that are listening to this message today, O Lord. We welcome you to stay here with us, Lord. We ask that you prepare our hearts and our minds to understand and receive your words here today. And we ask that you speak to us in our own, in your own special way because, Lord, you know the needs and the desires for every single person that is listening to this message today. So, Lord, stay with us, commune with us as we partake of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Today is, uh, is Father's Day. So I say Happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there, and we remember that this is an awesome responsibility that we all have as dads, and remember how God the Father treats us, and think about that as we go about ministering to um, to our own children in the name of Jesus. You know, Psalm 103 verse 13 says, "As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord." has compassion on those who fear him, you know. And we know that the word fear in Scripture is meaning reverence. It doesn't mean fear in terms of being frightful of God, but it means reverencing, reverencing him, revering him. So the same way that God has compassion on us, we should so do um, for our children, especially um, in this day and time, dads. We need to really watch with very careful, observant eyes on what's happening in the schools with our children today because we're living in different times, fathers. We're living in different times. So we need to make sure that prayerfully we watch over the kids' homework. We watch over what's going on in the schools when school does get back in session in the fall, and we need to make sure we're we're abreast of the times, what's being taught and so forth, because we we need to make sure that we are giving the Word of God to, uh, to our children. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Amen. Amen. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they shall not turn from it. Amen. So so remember that, fathers. Make sure that we're, we have our children immersed in the Word of God, Holy Spirit, covering them, angels of the Lord encamp around about them, and we make sure that we are acting to our children with love, as God the Father so loves us all. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We um, we talked about God sending us all um, in physical directions, perhaps, or or certainly moving us in, in in new directions spiritually. You know, as this new season is upon us, God is always looking to reach out to us and touch us in His own special way. And many of us are indeed desiring growth, growth spiritually as well as, uh, as well as uh, um, maybe enlarging, enlarging your borders, as the Bible would say, in terms of moving or new homes or new, new locations. But God is faithful to provide everything that we need. And um, make sure that when God moves you, 
you know, make sure that you follow his direction, okay? And we all need to make sure that when God moves us spiritually or physically that we follow his directions explicitly so that we can be successful and victorious, amen? So today we're going to to look at a very familiar battle in scripture. I guess you can probably guess what it is. It's the battle of Jericho. To see what God's word says to us through that word, through that message, through the recounting of those events, how that applies to our lives today. You know, I always say that God didn't have these events recorded, you know, just to make the Bible an interesting book to read. He didn't put these these events in the Bible just to make it a good novel, quote unquote, if you will. You know, these events have modern day life benefits, you know, and they impact us. You know, if if we let the Holy Spirit guide us when we are reading these events. Amen. The word of God, you've heard me say many times, is, is alive, you know, and, and, and it acts in ways in our lives if we read it with Holy Spirit's Holy Spirit revelation and guidance. Amen. You know, many times when we see what God has done in our lives and we see what God is going to do, sometimes we get overconfident. You know, we Christians tend to get overconfident when we see what God has done or we have or we have a, a revelation in terms of what God is going to do. We we become overconfident. We sometimes get puffed up or cocky. And that's not good because then we wind up relaxing our guard in life. You know, we can never allow ourselves to just get puffed up because you then you kind of fall back and become complacent. When we relax our guard, we get careless, you know, and we we often end up in great difficulty. You know, even during these times or during times of success, we must remember to consult God every step of the way. When God gives you a blessing, you need to make sure that you're consulting him every step of the way. Don't don't allow yourself to get puffed up and become cocky. You know, we need to make sure that we're asking God, okay, Lord, what next? Which way do I go? Which way do I go? Amen. So without further ado, why don't we go to the word of God? And uh, we're going to go to uh, Joshua chapter 6, amen. But before we get to starting chapter 6, I just want to read from, read to you, uh, let's read together. If you don't have your Bible, please press pause and run and get it real quickly and come back and resume this message, amen, because it's important that we understand that this is the word of God speaking to us, and not my opinion, my opinion does not count, amen, it has to be what the word of God says, amen. So looking at at the end of Joshua chapter 5 first, Joshua chapter 5, and starting with verse number 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and did worship and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Okay? So I just want to point out here that before we get into the actual circumstances of the battle of Jericho, amen, we see that this this man, 
or, or perceived to be man, came before Joshua, was before Joshua with a sword drawn in his hand. And he asked him, you know, are you for us or against us? And the man replied that he was the captain of the host of the Lord who was now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. Okay, now we know from the word of God, the first thing you do when you read this, you think that this was an angel that appeared before him. But we before Joshua, but we know from the word of God elsewhere in many, many places, whenever an angel appeared and man fell down at his feet, at the angel's feet, the angel always told them them to stand up. Do not worship me. Do not stand up. Worship is for the Lord thy God, etc. Okay. Okay. The angels never allowed a man to fall down to worship him. But in this particular case, it says, but as captain of the host, I am now come. Joshua fell on his face on, on fell on his face to the earth and did worship him. Then it says in 15, And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for where you stand is holy ground. Okay, This is saying that this was not a regular angel, because an angel would have told Joshua not to worship him. Okay, This was Jesus. This was Jesus. Jesus has appeared to in Scripture as angels. Uh, he appeared to uh, Abraham as one of the travelers. Remember, with, on the whole trip, the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing before they before they got there and so forth. So Jesus has appeared in the form of a man, sometimes as an angel. But in this particular case, the person, this man, said, "Loose thy thy shoe from thy foot, because this is holy ground that you're standing on." And he did not tell them to not worship him. So this is an indicator that this was Jesus, okay? And this is showing us that before a before a, a, a trying time, Jesus is always on the scene, okay? When this angel of the Lord, quote-unquote, appeared uh, uh, to uh, Abraham, it was before a trying time. So this is telling us that Jesus is with us before we go into battle. In this particular case, it was Jericho. When we have a particular battle in our time, Jesus is there. He's there to help us, and he's here to, to assist us and carry us through. In this case, he had a sword in his hand, which meant that he was ready to do battle on behalf of Joshua's, on behalf of Joshua and the Israelites. Amen? Amen. So I just wanted to point that out here, that going, even going through this thing, before the battle even started in Jericho, God made an appearance in the form of Jesus. The same thing is true in our lives, saints of God. Before we go into a battle, before we get into trying times, God is there with us. He's there with us, okay? And he's there to, to direct us and to tell us what we need to do step by step of the way. Amen? Amen? So moving right along now with chapter 6 and verse number 1. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See? I have given, underline, I have given, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. So in other words, in God's mind, this is past tense, it says, I have given. God's mind is done. It's a done deal. It says that he has given, given Jericho into Joshua's hand. It's a done deal. All right? And you, oh, before I move on, and you have to remember that too, you know, God has made promises. God has made many promises in the book, in the Bible, and those promises are to you. And in God's mind, it's a done deed. God says, you shall be victorious. That means you shall, you shall be victorious. And as we go through this life, regardless of what battles come before us, we have to hold on to the fact that God said that I am going to be victorious in this particular thing, these, these particular events that are in my life. I am going to be victorious. And you have to hold on to that because in God's mind, it's a done deed. Amen. Verse number three. 
And you shall compass the city, all you men of valor. Go around about the city once. Thou shalt do six days. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a strong blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Amen. Straight before him. Okay. Now, God gave them specific examples. One might say, and if you know, if you look up archaeological history and things like that, you'll see that Jericho, the walls were considerably thick. They said that, you know, if you read through, you see that the walls were, were, were wide enough at the top where chariots could actually ride, ride around the top, you know, to watch over the city. So therefore, these were not little, little simple, uh, uh sheetrock roll walls or something like we have in our homes. This was a very, very thick wall. So one, you know, in his, in, in the natural would say, well, how is this going to make that wall fall? down all the shouting and marching around and so forth okay we have to understand what the central truth here is okay the central truth here is that spiritual victories spiritual victories are won by means and they're won by by principles and actions that utterly seem to be foolish and inadequate in the view of human wisdom okay all right, all right. We we look at, you know, the law of physics, let's say, and you start saying, well, gee, with the law of physics, how is that going to make this wall fall down and flat and so forth? Well, that's not what God is all about. How does that relate to us in moving forward in the battles that would come up in our lives? Whatever God tells us to do, we must do it specifically. And don't start thinking to ourselves, well, now, how is that going to get me that job? How is that going to keep me, uh, keep me, uh, healthy in all that's going on? How is that going to, to, to make such, uh, uh, circumstances in my life turn around if I do what God is telling me to do? It doesn't seem to match. It doesn't make sense. Well, I assure you that this to them did not seem to make sense. I'm sure of that. Amen. Amen. But yet still, God gave them specific, um, uh, uh, you know, instructions. And we know what came from that. They followed suit and they actually uh, um, did what God told them to do. And of course, the wall fell down. Okay. And it says in verse uh, 16, it says that, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Amen. And of course, the wall fell down. All right. Now, that's where the first part of this message is that when God gives us specific directions, we need to make sure that we follow them specifically in accordance with what he, what he told us to do. Because now, you see, Israel had a victory. Now, after that victory, God gave them some, God gave them some, uh, some responsibilities and told them what else to do. It says in verse 17, and the city, the city shall be, uh, accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Okay, now if you remember earlier in the scripture there, it talks about how um, when the spies were spying out the land, Israelite spies were spying out the land, Rahab hid them so that the people in the city could not find them to, to do them harm. Okay, so they said that, that, that she would not be harmed. Okay, and but it said there in 17, the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. Now, you have to know the history there again. 
Jericho had been very much steeped in, 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 in paganism and witchcraft and all of the other things that are an abomination to God. Okay, this was a city that was nowhere near doing being anything like where God wanted the Israelites to inhabit. Their ways their, their ways were far from being um, anything that honored God or even worshipped God. They were into heavy, deep pagan worship. Okay, Baal worship. All right, so it says there that God said the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord, except for Rahab. Then we see in verse number 18, And you in any wise, or in any way, you in any way keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Underline that. In any way keep yourself from the accursed thing, unless you make yourselves accursed, when you take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. In other words, make it, you cause a problem for Israel as a whole. All right? So, how does that relate to us again? When God gives us a blessing, you know, a victory, sometimes he may have us moving in circles with a whole lot of ungodly people. We need to stay away. We need to stay away. We we need to not partake of or participate in the things that they are doing because then we wind up becoming quote unquote accursed because we wind up behaving and believing the same way that they believe, which in many, many, many cases is contrary to the word of God. All right. So when God gives us a blessing, okay, we can't let get ourselves puffed up now and get overconfident and say, okay, now I have this new job. I have this new house. I'm living in this real nice new neighborhood, you know, and everything that's going on around you is totally counter to the word of God and what God would have us to do. We cannot let, let ourselves partake of that because then we become like the quote unquote, like the accursed thing. Amen. And he said that if you do that, by the way, that that you will will make a problem for all of Israel. Okay, for the for the nation. Okay, you know, um, kind of a sidebar, but related. The things that people do have impacts on other groups of on larger groups of people. I still hold that that uh, um, that 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 legislature in that state that are uh, jumped for joy when they passed that late term abortion bill. And they literally, on TV, you could see them slapping high five and shouting and dancing in the uh, chambers there of the, uh, of, of Congress in that state. That was a body of people now who were, were, were definitely going along, going along with one another, counter to the word of God. Okay. And as a result, and there are, there are, there are other things I won't spend time getting into it now. We've seen that state have so many problems, so many problems, so much death particularly with this coronavirus, so much death and destruction. So this is a case where those in leadership positions decided to go along with certain things that were obviously counter to the word of God. And the people in that state voted these people in. This is why we have to be so careful for whom we're voting. And I'm not going to run the risk of getting political here, but we need to just pray about who it is that we are, are, are voting for. Because then when you vote for someone that is doing things counter to the word of God, that means that you are in approval. You are in agreement with what that person is standing for and doing. Amen. Amen. So see what God said was don't take of that accursed thing because you will trouble Israel or bring you a curse and bring it in, in trouble trouble Israel. Verse number 19, but, okay, first he had the cursed thing, okay, then it says the 19, but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Amen. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Amen. Then it goes on to say, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. 
so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before them, and took the city, and took the city. Okay? So we know from the history there, the story, that, that they took the city. God gave them specific instructions. Do not partake of the accursed thing. All right? Then we jump down here to verse number 20, 26. Uh, well, let's do 24 first. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein. Only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Okay, so they were obedient to that to that point. In verse 25, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwells in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Verse 26, And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he be set up the gates of it. Okay? So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised or talked about throughout all the country. And to this day, that city, Jericho, has not been rebuilt. Amen. Okay, so they had this victory, and so we see that we see the lesson there. God gives us specific, very specific directions in a victory, something that we're looking to achieve in life or something that God has in store for us. He gives us very specific directions, which may not make sense to us. Okay, which may not make sense to us, but we do it anyway. Then, boom, we get the victory. Now. How do we behave after we have that victory? That's the point here about getting puffed up. Gee, look what God did for me. In this impossible situation, God brought me through and I was victorious. Well, how do we behave after that? Well, let's see what happens next in chapter 7, verse number 1. Chapter 7, verse number 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Okay? Now, what did God say before? He said, don't, don't, don't partake of it, because if you do, you bring a curse, you bring a curse on Israel, and you will bring trouble to Israel. Alright? And sure enough, it says there, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few." Okay, so now this is man's plan. If you have room in your mar in the margin of your Bible, bracket put a bracket around verse number three and write man's plan. This was man's plan. Okay, now it didn't say that he prayed. It just says they they returned to Joshua and just said, only send two or three thousand men. There's only a few people there. Not a problem. No problem at all. Okay, so here they are. They're getting puffed up in their cocky now, all right? They knew what happened at Jericho, how successful they were. So now this particular place, they, they devised a plan. Okay, only send a few people. There are not that many folks there. We don't need a whole, whole lot of army. Verse number four says, So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. Underline, please. And they fled 
before the men of Ai. All right, so they sent the little measly two or three thousand, actually it says three thousand, and they fled. The, pe- the men of Ai beat them up, chased them away, ran them off. Verse 5, and the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim. And smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So now when Israel saw what was done to these men, I mean, they got beat to a fairly well. Now all of a sudden, the Israelites, now they're not so bold, but now they're worried. It says like their hearts melted and became as water. All right? You see, they didn't pray about it. This, they got cocky, sent up only a few men, 3,000. And what happened? They got whipped royally. And they came running back. And now the people in Israel, the Israelites, the rest of them, are fearful. Verse 6. And Joshua rent his clothes, or tore his clothes, and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. So now now they're lamenting because they got whipped so badly. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us around or surround us, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? So now Joshua's basically saying, O Lord, what's going to happen now? You know, word is going to get out that we got whipped to a fairly well. O Lord, what are we going to do now? They're going to surround us, and it's going to be, boy, we're going to be in such a bad place. Oh, boy, oh, boy, boy. So now, he, now he's complaining. It says in 9 again, For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us around, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt that do to thy great name? Now he's trying to, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, trying to trying to position God and saying, Well, gee whiz, you know, Lord, you know, what are we going to do now? Because this is going to reflect on you, what happened. This is going to reflect on your great name, O oh God, the way we were whipped. Okay, and this wasn't God's fault. It was man's fault. It was their fault because they did not consult God at all. They just got cocky after Jericho's win. They got cocky and went out and decided to take this city, Ai, without consulting God or anything. And so now they got whipped. Then they're going to try and like corner God and saying, well, gee, is God, this is going to make you look bad. Okay, this is going to make your great name look bad. Verse number 10 says, and the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel has sinned. Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Okay? See, God always knows. God always knows if we're cheating. God always knows, you know. When God is going to promote you up or give you a victory in something, with that comes responsibilities. God may say to you, don't do this, don't do that, and so on like that, okay. And if you cheat, and if you cheat and you wind up doing it anyway, remember, God knows, you know. God knows, okay. You see, see, we get cocky after we get a victory in the Lord and we move forward. And we say, yeah, well, God said, but it's okay if I take this. It's okay if I do this. Or it's okay if I don't do this, what he told me to do. Or if I'll say, or it's okay if I don't go there, which God told me to do. Amen? Amen? So we wind up getting cocky now because we think we can act, we can act in our lives outside of what God told us to do. Okay, all right. But God knows, so He says that 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 they have even put it among their own stuff. 
Verse number 12 says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Underline that. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from, from among you. You see? So right there in the beginning of 12 is the connector. That's the connector. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Why could they? Why did they lose? Because they they, they, they uh, broke God's uh, um, uh, will. They went against God's will. God said, "Don't partake of the accursed thing," but they did anyway. You see, you see. So the connector there is, is that this is why they were beat. This is why this is why they were beat. Okay, that's why they could not stand before their enemies, but turned their back before the enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore. Except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up, verse 13, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst stand before thine enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you. Okay, so now in other words, now in 21st century language, you know, I, I just got this victory and I went on to ch achieve another victory that I'm all puffed up in myself and I go and I think I can accomplish this or do this or do that. I don't consult God and I fail miserably. Okay, and then God is basically saying, okay, because you've got some sin in the camp. All right, there's something going on in your life that I told you to do and you didn't do. Or something that I told that I that I told you don't do, but you did do. Amen. This is why you failed. This is why you didn't get that promotion. I gave you that first promotion and so forth, and you were victorious there. But then you got puffed up. You got overconfident, and you went to to go for the second job or the second house, this other thing you're trying to achieve. But you didn't consult me. And then on top of that, I told you don't do this, and you did it anyway. Okay. So this is why you you're, you're failing now. All right. This is why you're failing. He said, I will not be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Amen. So we have to be careful, saints of God, that we don't have, quote unquote, the accursed thing in our lives. That we don't have idols in our lives. Things where we, 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 we got a tremendous breakthrough with God. Now all of a sudden we're really acting stupidly and we're, we're not going to church. We're not reading the word of God. We're not praying. A number of things that we should be doing, we're not doing. Amen. Amen. Or even worse, I mean, we are participating in some things that God has said strictly do not do. Those can be accursed things in our camp. And we need to get those accursed things in our lives. Are you associating with people that God specifically told you clear as a, clear as a bell? Don't be associating with those people. Because either what they're saying or doing is going to lead you astray. Amen. 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 God does not want you accursing uh, 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 yourself by being with them and following after what they're doing, but you do it anyway. Okay. And then that leads to your failure later on in something that you're trying to accomplish in God, because you've got the sin in the camp in terms of not doing what God has told you to do or partaking of ways and actions and conversations that God would not want you involved in because of the people that you're with, perhaps. Amen. Amen. Okay. And so he says there, um, he says, you, you can't stand before your enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you. Verse 14. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families, uh, families uh, thereof. And the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households. And the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be, verse 15, it shall be. 
that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has brought folly in Israel. All right? Boy, I mean, so this is really devastating here. He says, and it shall be that who it is, okay, he shall be burnt with fire. He and all that he has. That means all of his belongings and everything. And he shall be, and because he transgressed. All right. So we run the risk here now, really being quote unquote burned by the Lord, if you will, for not following his ways and for letting the accursed thing come into our camp. We, we run a great risk of uh, falling into, into harm's way. Verse 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes and the tribes of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarites, and he brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, underline Achan, Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and of the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. Okay, clearly what he's asking to do there, confess it. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Okay? So he confessed that he gave in. When he saw the spoils, you know, when <laughs> he went looting. <laughs> all right? Because that's what basically they, they did. God told him to just take the town and take the city and burn it and so forth and take the treasures with him. So he went, he went looting, if you will, and he found this, this Babylonish garment. Must have been really beautiful. Gold and silver, a lot of it, and he coveted them. He really, really wanted them. So in spite of what God told him to do, he took it anyway. Amen. So are you going to run the risk when there's something that you're, you're, you're looking for in terms of a victory, an upcoming victory? All right. When God said to you specifically, this is what I want you to do. This is what I don't want you to do, that you're going to covet that thing anyway. That you're going to go on and partake of or do what God does not want you to do. Amen. Are you? It, it looks so. You know, it, it's that 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 shiny object that I always talk about. That that shiny object is so shiny and so tempting that you have to have it, and you go on and you act accordingly, even though God told you not to, even though God told you what it would bring you. Amen. Amen. And so and so and so and so he he confessed about it. So then it says, twenty two. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hidden his tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? Why have you caused trouble for us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over them, over him, a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the uh, fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. 
All right. So we see here the results here now of us being disobedient to God. After we had the victory, God showed us the victory. We get all puffed up. And we decide we're going to go on to this next thing, this next victory I want to achieve in life. But we're not going to consult God on how we should go about achieving that. And we wind up devising our own scheme. You know, oh, all I need to do is do this. All I need is to do that. It will be easy to accomplish this victory. Okay? And then, then God tells you, now be careful. Okay, I don't want you to touch this. I don't want you to say this. I don't want you to, to, to be uh, operating with or consulting with so-and-so, so-and-so, or doing this or doing that. But you do it anyway. Because you think that this is such a good thing to do. You really desire to do this, even though God said don't do it. And because of that, we get ourselves into trouble. We get ourselves into so much trouble. You don't accomplish what it is that God would really want you to have. You certainly do not achieve the victory because you went, you did everything without God. Okay? Okay? And this is where getting puffed up and becoming cocky, this is where it gets us into trouble, saints of God. This is where in this day and age, this modern day day and age, our lives can go very much the way the battle of Jericho and the battle of Ai went for Joshua and Israel, if we're not careful. Amen, amen, amen. There's there's no difference. There's no difference. Those principles, those spiritual principles stand very much today just as as, as they did back in ancient Israel's time. Okay? So then we see some difference here when you go to chapter 8. Chapter 8 here. Starting with verse 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people, and his city, and his land. Okay, now, after Israel got rid of Achan and did what they did, Achan was punished for what, how he had sinned. Now God is saying, okay, this is what I want you to do. Don't be dismayed. Okay, okay, don't be discouraged, okay, because I, I, I have a plan. I'm going to give you the city, okay? So sometimes God will come back and tell us, okay, you, you failed in that victory. Hopefully you got the message as to why you failed, why you didn't accomplish that goal you were trying to achieve. Hopefully you got the message and you got the memo. Now, this is what I want you to do, okay? This, this, is, what, this is what I want you to do because I have a plan, okay, and I'm going to make you successful, I'm going to make you successful in this plan. Verse number two says, And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou did to Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Okay, so he's saying that I'm going to give you the city and her king. Okay, and he says, And, and, and you are to take only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof. And you shall, and, and, and I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to lay for you an ambush. Okay. So now God is saying to you, be prepared. I'm going to give you how, give you a way and show you how you're going to achieve this victory, this next victory in your life that you've been praying for. You know, we all of us be, all of us are praying for things in life. There are many challenges before us and we want to get to certain places in life. Saints of God realize you can't do it without God. You simply can't. The minute that we try to do it on our own, we get cocky, we get puffed up, and we think we've devised the purpose, the perfect plan to achieve this goal that we're praying for, and it just simply does not work out. We need to let God give us the plan. We need to let God give us the action plan to guide our way, saints of God. Amen. So we see in verse number three, So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai, and Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. Now here's the plan. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, 
You shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but you, but be you ready, be ye all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach into the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee before them. Okay, now you see the plan? He's saying, go out and wait behind the city. Not very far, but be on the ready. And then we're going to come at the front of the city. As we approach, when they come out against us, then we're going to run. Verse 6, for they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, they flee before us as at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the labor your, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire and according to the commandment of the Lord shall you do. See, I have commanded you. Alright? So now God gives them this plan. He says basically you walk up to the front of the city. They're going to see you. They're going to come outside of the city and start chasing you. You run away. And then when they run, when they run away, then you come in. Okay, okay, and and I and all and uh, verse five and I and all the people that are with me will approach into the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say they flee before us at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. Seven. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. Amen. Beautiful plan. And it shall be when you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord shall you do. So now God gives them the perfect plan. You know, I can almost see Hollywood making a movie like that. You know, here they are running up to the front of the city, the people inside the city. There's those Israelites. Go get them. And they all charge out and leave the city. And then those behind the city come in and then then they take it. Okay. And then it goes on to say in verse number nine, Joshua, therefore, sent them forth. And they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. He took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city and their liars and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass, verse 14, when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against Israel to battle, he and all his people. At a time appointed before the plan, but but he was not there. Uh, but he what, it was not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward you, toward Ai, for I will give it un into thee, thy hand. 
And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. Amen. So we see here now the plan went perfectly just as predicted. Okay. They went there. All of, all of AI, which was a dumb move, but they, God was in charge here. They came out of AI chasing the Israelites. All right. And God said, said to stretch out your spear. Right at the appointed time, stretch out your spear. Verse 19. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and took it, and hasted it, and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. Okay, you see what's happening out there now? All right, all right, all right. Israel led them away. And then when Ai, the, the soldiers that left, the men that left Ai realized what was happening back behind them, okay, uh, uh, they, they couldn't go back because now they were surrounded by Israel. They were trapped. They were trapped. All right. The ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered into the city and took it and hasted and set it on fire. All right. Twenty one more verse twenty one more time. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. But they had no power to flee this way or that. OK, the, Israel had them trapped. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back on, uh, um, upon the uh, pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them, so that they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness, wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword, until they were consumed, that all the, all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. 12,000. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. Now, this time Israel was obedient, okay? They only took the cattle, okay, and the spoil of that city that they, uh, Israel took for prey in accordance to what God had demanded, commanded Joshua to do. They were obedient. They did exactly what God told them to do, and they took the, uh, took the spoils that way, okay? And that applies also to us today. Amen. It says in verse 28, And Joshua burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remains unto this day. Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel into Mount Ebal. Amen. Amen. So now we see here that this is how we in life many times can wind up going astray too. And don't forget. After God blesses us, we cannot allow ourselves to get cocky, to get puffed up, to become overconfident 
Amen. It's one thing to have confidence in God. That's a great thing. Confidence in God means that you have strong trust and faith in him. Amen. That's a, that's a good thing. But it's after we get the blessing that we have to remember that we have to continue to, to consult God for anything and everything moving forward. We can't afford to let ourselves get puffed up and get cocky and think that, well, this next part of my life, since I was so successful in achieving that other goal, and yes, indeed, you know, I was promoted, I got the house, uh, I got my bills under control, I was victorious in that regard. Now for this next step in life, I'm going to move on based on my own thoughts, based on my own thinking, based on my own planning. Sheer disaster, folks. Sheer disaster. Amen. And along the way, whatever God tells you not to do, do not get 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 carried away and let yourself be so so tempted by the quote unquote the accursed thing. All right, God is telling you to stay away from something, from some people, from some situations for a reason. He doesn't want you to become tainted and perverted the way those people, those situations already are. Amen. So don't let yourself be be be, be so drawn by the shiny things that those situations or people may present to you. Amen. Don't get cocky. Don't get overconfident. Be confident in God and have good, strong faith that God is going to bring you through. When God says that I have given you this or I have blessed you with this, in God's mind it's a done deal. It just simply has to manifest itself in the natural, okay, which may take time. It's up to God. Everything is in God's timing. Amen. But then after you get that blessing, after you get that victory, don't get puffed up and don't get cocky to go on to the next part of life and think you can succeed without God because it won't work. Amen. Amen. God is an awesome God. Just trust in him and follow his direction. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that it has touched you in a place where God wanted to touch you. I pray that it has ministered to you and that you can move forward just simply trusting in him. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you and magnify thy name. We thank you so much for this time that we've had with you today, O Lord, and we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and keep these words firmly, deeply planted within our spirits, so that these words cannot be stolen away when the evil one raises his ugly head against us, O Lord. We praise thee, and we magnify thy most glorious name. We thank you, and we bless you in the matchless name of Jesus. I pray that you all go forth, knowing that the joy of the Lord is indeed your strength, and that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Go forth this day and be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.